1: welcome back to pod tst a weekly rams podcast i'm kenneth arthur uh, with turf show times and today uh something different something new i'm going to be talking to one of our new writers here at turf show times you probably know him from the random ramsdom daily links Uh, But uh, he also uh, does plenty more and uh, is going to have a lot of really interesting information to share with us today about training camp uh, that the training camps that he had attended this year, and uh, as well as the first game at SoFi Stadium against the LA Chargers. Yeah, we probably don't need to talk too much more about the game. It's just a preseason game. It's a long time ago at this point. It feels like forever ago at this point. I just remembered right now that it even happened. But uh, we will mostly talk about the experience at SoFi Stadium uh, and then some of the stuff about what's going on this season, our thoughts on uh, some of the things that happened at joint training camp practice this week against the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, I'm excited to say his last name. Please welcome Blaine Didasco. It's a, it's a, it's a, very, uh, it's a very nice last name, Blaine, if I may say so. Uh,
0: thanks. Uh, thanks for the welcome, Kenneth. Glad to be here. Um, and you did great, man. You're right. It's not a, a normal last name, but uh, I've heard worse on first attempts. <laughs> did,
1: I, uh, did I nail it or was there a correction?
0: No, I, I wouldn't give a correction. Uh, oh my I'd say God, yes. Close enough by far, for sure. Close enough by far.
1: Yeah, I've always proud uh, prided myself on uh, being able to correctly pronounce someone's name on the first try. It's uh, it's something that's uh, one of my favorite things to do. Uh, but one of my other favorite things to do is to talk about football. So we're going to be able to do that today. I teased uh, a lot of it already, Blaine, but you know, you've been going to Rams training camp uh, for a while, not just this year. Right. So uh, just kind of curious, um, seeing Sean McVay's training camps, did you notice anything uh, unique about this season, this year at training camp, anything different with regards to Sean McVeigh or uh, with uh, maybe some of the other coaches? Did, was there any sort of different atmosphere this year?
0: um yeah you're right uh been going to the uh training camps since 2016 when they first when they first came back and of course that was a a jeff fisher training camp everything was new um uh including jared goff right so new uh different kind of buzz uh so kind of i'll start there and that um that's sort of what's described or what uh uh what I remember about that first camp, which is everything was new, uh, Todd Gurley was, was was the hype and was the man. Um, so uh, that sort of, that hope and that excitement is where we started and um, it feels like a long time ago. Um, but um, yeah, it's been McVeigh show for the last five years. Um, if anything, man, it's just, you know, you, you know we all know it's been an exciting ride with McVeigh every year. Um, good news, bad news. The good news is we, we keep setting the bar and, you know, he's had uh, three good, uh, three winning good seasons and, well, four winning seasons. Yeah. Um, bad news is, you know, turnover with the coaches. So I'd say that's the first thing that's new almost every yeah. year is, you know, the coaching turnover. And in this case, uh, with uh, Raheem Morris as kind of the, the obvious factor as far as that goes. Um, so yeah the defense seems to seems to have some juice um, mm-hmm. and then the other obvious new element is uh, number nine and um, that's definitely exciting for sure
1: yeah I mean it do, do you feel like there is a different approach to the passing game in training camp this year did you notice Uh, that there was more deep passing or a different level of uh, play at the position. You know, it's not, I know people get very uh, concerned maybe, or like, you know, as soon as somebody, as soon as I started saying these sentences, I could feel that there are some people listening who start to feel a little bit, they're, they're warming up. They're starting to get hot under the collar because they know that I'm going to say Matthew Stafford is, you know, is a better quarterback than Jared Goff, but you know, That part it does not mean that Jared Goff is in any way a a bad player or a bad person. Uh, There's just a reason that the Rams traded for Matthew Stafford and had to give up all those draft picks. Uh, So, you know, this is not to disparage the previous quarterback, but was there a, a noticeable difference in the passing game at all?
0: Yeah, I mean I think you kind of said it right in that uh Jared Goff he's you know the number 1 draft pick for a reason. We had all that excitement in 2016 for a reason. Uh, I remember going out there and seeing, you know, the first few Jared Goff passes in person and you definitely, you know, you heard the whir of the of the ball, you you know, you felt the velocity um and you know for the you know for us Angelinos, it's the first time that we got up in, up close like that in a while so at the time you know I was impressed and I was really excited about Jared Goff's arm talent and he's kind of you know he's done a lot of good things and and made some deep connections uh along the way um but yeah some different but I also say that you know we've uh, the other part of it, literally the other half of it, is the receiver. We've gone through a few different uh, deep threat options. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sammy Watkins, Brandon Cooks, uh, and now Deshaun Watson. I'm um, sorry, um, Deshaun Jackson. Yeah. So I think that's the other side of it, where if you get the right deep threats and it's working for you, then you have those looks to push it downfield. But uh, on that note, definitely uh matt stafford's arm talent comes across when you see him in person uh it's the accuracy it's the velocity um and definitely just the the raw power where he can get it downfield and get it out ahead of him um yeah. a few um you know a few of those sort of mid-camp shots that i remember are everybody was connecting the, uh jackson was con- maybe connecting first everybody noticed um then cooper cup robert woods and jefferson van jefferson was you know the first one where I noticed the misses where he was getting you know over it looked like overthrown or Jefferson wasn't getting there and mm-hmm. so to me that might be a better problem to have that you have that quarterback that can get it downfield with that kind of power and then it's just a matter of timing
1: yeah did uh, any so yeah we should talk about like sort of so, so roughly how many training camp practices did you attend this
0: year so out of the 10, I went to four days and, um, uh, it was the Monday, Tuesdays. So it ended up being, uh, I think call it uh, day four and five and then day nine and 10.
1: So, uh, so over that, those, that course of time, uh, i I think it would be good to like uh, gather whether or not did any players stand out to you personally, because, you know, uh, a lot of the times there might be you might see something that not everybody else uh, saw that not anybody in the media saw and not anybody that really uh, because I think like uh, anybody that's out there can uh, maybe catch you know their eye on something and it's not like the coaches are gonna give it away if they see that maybe there is a player standing out unless they're asked directly and then of course they're gonna you know do that but you know certainly I think Sean McVay is trying to hide some things about his plans for week one Uh, but in terms of just like uh, anybody that stood out to you would there be any names uh, there maybe outside of the obvious or uh, including the obvious?
0: Yeah um, the first thing that kind of stood out to me and I say first as in you know guys just taking the field and warming up um, would be Tyler Higby, our tight end. Um, uh, and we're talking about just his look and feel. I mean, mm-hmm. I, you know, I can't tell you if he's, you know, uh, lost or put on, but um, he's a big guy. He's a big guy, and I've been waiting for his breakout season, um, you know, um, uh, after his, you know, last couple decent seasons. But he comes back to me looking more athletic, looking faster, just his physique, looking faster, looking more athletic. Uh, maybe he cut his long hair, I'm not sure, um, but he still looks big. So, you know, the, the kind of stuff you hope for from a tight end, looks big, but he looks fast. Uh, that was my first impression. And then in the last, uh, I mean, following that, uh, he followed it up in that uh, he probably was the most, you know, he might have the most completions in training camp. Uh, him and Cooper Cup seem to be, you um, uh, you know, the top two targets. Um, mm. but, um, uh, I would say Tyler Higby for sure looks like he's getting ready for a good season.
1: Yeah. You would take a, I, w- I would wonder, uh, how much of that has to do with Matthew Stafford and, uh, maybe, you know, including how much influence Matthew Stafford had on the lions picking TJ Hawkinson two years ago, uh, and maybe how much influence he has on, uh, asking or, or, going to Tyler Habe as one of his top two targets. I mean, that is not something that uh, I think, you know, is necessarily anticipated by, you know, by, by a lot of people, but, you know, that's what I think is so interesting about this season uh, with regards to Matthew Stafford and Sean McVay is that I don't think we really can uh, anticipate what to happen. You know, I don't want to, you know, make that sound, uh, you know, I don't want to overhype. potential or anything but you know I just don't know that we can really guess because I think Sean McVay sees a whole different set of opportunities in front of him that he hasn't had for at least the last two years if not the entire time that he's been with the Rams because as you say Jeff Fisher was the head coach around when Jared Goff was drafted we don't know what decision Sean McVay might have had made at that same time uh but uh with regards to matthew stafford uh i forget where i was going with that you know but well, that'll happen sometimes <laughs> preseason podcasts uh <laughs> you're allowed to do this uh once every podcast um but tyler higby yes that's where i was going with it uh tyler higby uh we don't really know maybe uh tyler higby uh could become a bigger part of the offense, even as uh, players like Deshaun Jackson and, and Tutu Atwell were added. Did any of the uh, any of those guys, the Deshaun Jacksons or the Tutu Atwells uh, or Van Jefferson's stand out while you were in attendance?
0: Well, I think one of the kind of um, you know, one of the downsides was the absence of Tutu Atwell in call it the first half of camp. Uh, due to yeah. his COVID positive test. So I think, you know, to, you know that was a downside for us fans. Uh, we missed out watching him through a whole camp. And then uh, definitely, you know, it's got to be a little bit of a disadvantage to the rookie trying to, you know, establish himself in this kind of wide receiver room. So, yeah, missed out on that. was definitely looking forward to seeing that. We got a little taste at the end and definitely saw a flash in the preseason game. Um, but um, yeah I think kind of the obvious then would be Cooper Cup and Robert Woods um, yeah. the repeat as or or uh, have another season as one of the top two tandems you know we're talking about route running and looking ready to do to uh, lead the league in more uh, yards after catch. yeah um, so that definitely looked like that was syncing up pretty good.
1: Yeah, you bring up that stuff like route running and it makes me think of something I was thinking the other day, which is, you know, I was I'm always wondering why it feels like wide receivers uh, tend to be the most overhyped. I don't want to use the word, you know, overrated, but I feel like a, a good term would maybe just be like overhyped by like, you know, media and fans, because when you're watching a training camp, it's hard to like watch every player on the field and you're kind of most focused on where the ball could go to because you know that's where perhaps the most exciting moment will happen or as soon as the ball is thrown you know you're just you've got your eyes on wide receivers a lot and then I think part of being a good wide receiver is making a catch and I think something that a lot of wide receivers can do is make a spectacular catch you know i think that's not the hardest part of being a wide receiver i think it you know it might even be the most fun part of being a wide receiver it might be the part that wide receivers relish the opportunity to obviously pull off because that's going to be your highlight so that's the thing that everyone's focused on but there's all the other things about being a wide receiver that happens before you can even get to the catch point which is you know whether or not you can uh you know run a good route and whether or not you have you know multiple uh routes that you can run and uh, whether or not you're fast enough to get to certain points and whether or not you know you're good at anticipating the quarterback and you're good at uh beating a defender you know all of these things that other things go into it that when people have training camp it's like Every other player who's a standout in every training camp is a wide receiver and everyone, all the fans are trying to do math on how the team can keep eight or nine of these guys, because I think they're so much more focused on, you know, that part where it's like making a catch or like, you know, how much different it is in a practice, uh, that when you're looking for standout players, it's hard to not stand out to some degree as a wide receiver, um, and that's just something that I think, I guess, but, uh, I do feel like, uh, with what about Deshaun Jackson, because that was a player who was considered one of the uh, standouts early in training camp. Um, mm-hmm. do you, did you have any feeling or anticipation or do you have any anticipation of You know, how much Deshaun Jackson would be utilized? Because I know there's some debate about whether him or Van Jefferson could be the third most likely target. And now we're also throwing, you know, Tyler Higby into the top three targets, probably.
0: Yeah, it's a it's a good problem to have how to get those how to get the ball around Um, to your first point, though. I think uh, you're right about that's the whole dynamic about, you know, practice preseason Hype, I guess you could say is, man, it's hard on the defense. Uh, you know, they say, you know, as the years go by, the game gets harder for defenses given changes in rules, but especially preseason. I mean, these guys aren't tackling. They're not, you know, they're not bringing guys to the ground. And so those are your defensive highlights. And you take that out of the picture, then, you know, almost all you're left with are offensive highlights really so yeah. it's so uh, i you know i gotta give credit to defenses where yeah man it's hard to to i guess make the make the notes as a defense um mm-hmm. but um yeah deshaun jackson deshaun jackson um was to me the first one to flash deep um the first one that you see in camp connecting deep um, but also at the same time, Van Jefferson seems to be taking most of the, most of the reps when you got the third receiver in there, it's cup woods and Van Jefferson. Um, and it felt like a funny, uh, dynamic to me where, when you look at the lineup, um, you see 12 out there with cup and woods, but then the, almost the only time you see one, uh, which is just ha- Deshaun Jackson. The only time you see him out there is when he's on the, uh, when he's on the far end of a deep pass. So, um, you know, I guess we don't want that to be too indicative. Otherwise, you know, we'll know what's happening when he's in there. Um, but like you said, you know, if we could predict, predict what's going to happen on the offense, we might have another job. But um, that's kind of what I saw. I saw definitely that dynamic of Jefferson seems to be getting in there a lot. Uh, but at the same time, Deshaun Jackson is, looks fast and uh, his connection with uh, Stafford um, again, is sinking up, uh, and uh, with the deep ball, so we got a lot of options, we got a lot of options. Um, uh, and then even if you know, if we end up with a second decent tight end option, then yeah, man, uh, we'll have some some tools to play with.
1: Yeah, that seems like a mystery, doesn't it? Uh, because nobody really talks uh, about Bryson Hopkins at all, uh, and other than to say that nobody's talking about him, and everybody pretty familiar with Johnny Munt at this point. And it's not to say that there aren't a lot of, uh, useful Johnny Munts around the NFL. Um, and I also just feel like people really underestimate the value that, you know, certain players have to the team because, you know, for Sean McVay to have kept Johnny Munt around for as long as he has always likes him, always puts him in certain positions and, uh, you know, it gives him opportunities. It's, it's like, not like he's going away. There's, there's some sort of value that he brings there, special teams and, and everything, you know, the teams need those guys too. So, uh, but he's not necessarily the guy that you're going to picture as the number two tight end. And I just cannot for the life of me believe that Jacob Harris is going to play any tight end this year. So, you know, that's where I feel like the numbers start to get to re- get, start to get really interesting, whether or not the Rams would even need to maybe add a player in, a, in two or three weeks or two weeks when the, when the cuts are made, did anything stand out in, in terms of maybe a tight end, even if did something stand out as far as far as you would be surprised if Bryson Hopkins or
0: somebody like that made the roster? Yeah. I mean, um, you know, both ways, you know, if, uh, if we end up seeing um, one of those, players make the roster and and then, you know, on top of that, you know, how much a second tight end becomes part of the game plan Um, Two tight ends lining up is one thing, you know, getting the ball to a second tight end in this offense, you know, I think that's going to be pretty far-fetched, but yeah, luxury, you know, a luxury, if we end up Johnny Munt, you know, he's caught some nice passes for us and he's, and he's had some, you know, some, some decent production when he's in there and flashing and otherwise, like you said, just a reliable role-player, um, but, um, so all that I say that just, yeah, should we find another option, uh, in a second tight end, as far as, uh, getting the ball, uh, yeah. that would be a luxury, uh, and, and would be further dangerous, but yeah, you know, because
1: really, I mean, when you, when you really think about it, like, you know, for, for all of that, uh, Gerald Everett can do, it's not as though having those two tight end receiving options helped, the Rams get better offensively. They, they clearly regressed over the last two years mm-hmm. offensively. And uh, Gerald Everett was, you know, a fine tight end, uh, but not necessarily a guy maybe that even, yeah, needs to be replaced in that manner. A lot of teams don't even have one receiving tight end. So right. um, yeah, but Tyler Higby is definitely a guy that I've heard a lot of buzz about and maybe not, even on that larger scale, but a lot of buzz are about from people who've been at Rams camp uh, and uh, from everyone that you talk to uh, who has sort of noticed that same uh, difference, because yeah, things will be different this year. Um, defensively, did you happen to notice maybe any uh, rotations with the linebackers, or, you know, at least like The guys that were most often working with the starters, or uh, the guys that were most often like sort of making a play,
0: were there anything that stood out among the linebackers? Um, yeah, I mean, there was, um, you know, pretty consistent rotation as, as far as either these guys are going to be, you know, um, uh, rotating to stay fresh, uh, utilizing their depth, or, yeah, or we were trying to figure out who's going to be the main guys during camp. But uh, Kenny Young was the most consistent, I think, um, as far as uh, holding his position and uh, maybe rotated out the least. Um, and then next to him would be the one that rotated, you know, more uh, Traven Howard, Troy Reader uh, was out there with the ones, Micah Kaiser out there with the ones. Um, so yeah, I'd say if anybody looks to really be solidified, uh, in the interior, uh, Kenny Young, and I'd be excited about that. Um, the other three still, uh, I think a little bit to be excited about, um, Troy Reader, um, I think, uh, you know, did a lot of good things last season. Uh-huh. Um, and then, uh, Ernest Jones, the, uh, the rookie is, um, you know, he's getting working with the twos pretty consistently and, uh, had, you know, flashed in the preseason game. So I think he'd be the surprise if we end up, you know, seeing, uh, somebody else. Uh,
1: yeah. Get, you get, know, get, yeah. when you, when you mentioned a lot of these names too, you know, it makes me uh, think of another point kind of, which I'm just realizing now, but it's kind of something that's, that dawned on me, uh, before the preseason game too, which is like, when you watch the guys who go out there, it's so much more interesting to consider the guys who don't go out there. It's so much more interesting to start going like, oh, wow, like now, like, you know, Kenny Young or whatever isn't like a, a preseason player or, uh, you know, yeah. there's there's like, you know, even better examples than that. But it did feel like this year was like the first year where it really felt like oh because there was no preseason last year it's been a while since the preseason uh and we know that Sean McVay doesn't like to risk anybody when he doesn't have to um that he that that he considers of a certain value but now to come back after you know two years without you know two years since the last preseason uh it starts to dawn on you like the importance of being like oh wow Sebastian Joseph Day is now like one of the Big guys, like one of the most veteran guys. Like Kenny Young is considered like a veteran, experienced, important guy. Troy Reader is a veteran guy. Micah Kaiser, even Traven Howard, not playing a lot in the regular season. Like a lot of these guys who don't play. And then you start looking at like, yeah, the wide receivers like Woods and Cup and the entire offensive line, with the exception of, you know, a couple of guys. And obviously people are curious about Brian Allen and stuff like that. But he's been around, this is his fourth year. So like, that that feels like something that's just dawning on me too. And, you know, it sounds like you're saying, you know, you're in agreement mode your thoughts there, because it's not even just the starters. I feel like even the main backups are all guys that have been around for multiple seasons with the Rams.
0: Yeah, no, you're, that's an interesting point that you're right. Um, you know, uh, we spend more time thinking about who's on the field, but it is interesting uh, to take note of who's, who's being held out and what that says about their status. You're right about that. And it ends up being all these fringe guys that are, you know, trying to make this team or really trying to make another team um, uh, auditioning out there in the preseason. So, uh, you know, I think um, uh, generally speaking, it's, it's, it's just, you know, uh, for fans chomping at the bit, football action in some regard, but really hard to to tie it to how it relates to the regular season, uh, especially since we get down to, like you said, you know, beyond the backups, really third stringers and these fringe players.
1: I mean, yeah, it's really deep and it really feels like, uh, you know, people kind of want that situation where it's like they can have the best of both, both worlds. You know, it's, the, it's every fan wants two things during the NFL year, every year from their team. These are the two things that every NFL wants their team to have the Super Bowl and the number one pick in the draft. And they want it at the same time. That's the dream of every NFL fan. I got to have, Hey, I don't ask for a lot. I just want the Super Bowl and the number one pick in the draft. And you know, people so many Rams fans and fans of every team are So upset if they don't have like the very high draft pick or the first round draft pick and the the rookies that are like fun and exciting and new and have nothing but, you know, bright, the brightest futures possible because they haven't played yet and yet. The Rams don't have any rookie. They don't want any rookies anywhere near the field because there's too talented. And you want to be like one of those teams, right? Like, you don't want to be a team. Like, there are good teams right now that are considering starting rookies either because, you know, they're just excelling in camp or they had a need and then they found like a really nice fit or, or whatever it is. And the Rams aren't even close that. And they did make a lot of picks. They have a lot of rookies in camp. So, uh I find it, you know, interesting because you really everybody wants those two things, but I think what you really want most of all is is what the Rams are now. So, I that's why I think it's it's nice to maybe have this very long break from first round draft picks because they are kind of, I you don't really need them that much, not as much as people do need them? I guess. Like, I'll try and transition that into like a question for you, which is, uh, you know, you also went to the uh, preseason game, so and everybody uh, at, who's listening to this probably watched the preseason game as well. But through training camp and the preseason, did you have any notable rookie sightings? Either, uh, you know, something good, or or maybe a player's absence uh, or being buried on the depth chart,
0: maybe. Um yeah, I mean, I think uh, you know, we're still excited about uh Tutu Atwell. I mean, um, uh, even as even if just as a punt returner, I think you know he's he's got a decent shot at being the punt returner for this season. We'll see how this second uh preseason game goes. Uh but uh Ernest Jones, uh you know, I think he he had a good show um during the first preseason game. So uh, I'd say those two guys are standing out as far as the rookie class goes. And I kind of, you know, I kind of get your notion in that, uh, you know, if you've been a Rams fan, you're getting pretty trained uh, to, to start on the second day of the draft and, um, and yeah. uh, learning how to follow these mid-round picks. And, um, you know, I always think of Cooper Cup when it comes to mid-round picks. I, mean, I think that's a great positive
1: mindset. I wish everybody uh, had this same positive mindset because I I you know I, I'm I'm I love the you know all I like all the rookies, you know. It doesn't matter to me necessarily where you were drafted. Uh so a lot of my favorite players weren't drafted, so you know, and it doesn't really matter if they're my favorite or not. I, I like an, an, a new guy. I root for everybody pretty much. They're, I mean, uh I'm trying to think if there's anybody I don't currently root for uh, but like I, I like all the players man. I just want everyone to do well and nobody to get hurt um, but like I'm really excited by very great players you know and I I want the Rams right there. I've picked them in the in to go to the Super Bowl I've got a lot of high expectations this year for the Rams um, and that's where I'm kind of like, it's good that they don't have uh, a need for these rookies, but uh, I think it's fine. It's fun to have like guys in the third or the fourth or the fifth round, like, like Cooper cup. And I think that uh, you can easily find, you know, your best players on day two and day three of the draft. I don't really know that I've uh, seen or heard a lot about many of them this year, maybe because they're buried on the depth chart. And uh because of uh some of those you know tutu atwell missing some time um but the second year guys also they got their first preseason game i i wouldn't i wouldn't be able to put you on the spot and and ask you what you thought of any of the second year players because i don't even know if i have that list off the top of my head
0: uh let's see here um well, Xavier Jones. I mean, he's one undrafted, yeah. but he's a second year player, right? Yeah. Um, uh, you know, he he looked good. I mean, at least you know in the um, preseason game versus practice, at least you see him. You know, getting taken down when they're getting taken down. Um, hard, but again, hard to say with the called third third string uh, blocking. Um, but I'll but I'll say for Xavier Jones that uh, through camp and in the preseason you know i think the best thing you can tell other than stats is the best way you can tell is kind of the eyeball test and that hard to tell about stats and yardage but um, but you know if you're there um, and you see enough of it you you feel when a when a guy is quick when he's when he's when he's cutting hard and when he's got that burst um, especially since you know starting since 16 we got to watch guys like Todd Gurley and even Malcolm Brown uh, was a good running back is a good running back uh, so, uh, I think, yeah, I think second year guy, Xavier Jones is, uh, he'd pop out to me.
1: Um, you know, I was also looking at the 2019 draft class and I think that, uh, again, this is a draft where the Rams didn't have a pick in the top 60 and listen to how many players are going to play integral roles. A lot of starters this year, Taylor Rapp, Daryl Henderson, David Long, Greg Gaines, David Edwards. Uh, well, you know, not, uh, I was going to say all those guys are, are starters, but not Greg Gaines quite yet, but he's getting there. Uh, mm-hmm. and then also Bobby Evans, who obviously has been considered one of the, uh, disappointments of training camp for a lot of, you know, I think fans are just disappointed because, uh, they thought Bobby Evans, uh, was going to be a starter there. And uh, it turns out that right now he's not. And, uh, Nick Scott, who might be the most important player on special teams and also, picks up a lot of snaps on defense now, even uh, with two safeties. I know that there's also a lot of mixed opinions on Taylor Rapp. What what, what have you been your feelings on Taylor Rapp, uh, both like in the beginning of his career and uh, right now in camp?
0: Um, I think, well, uh, first of all, the second-year players, you know, we're forgetting the most obvious. I think Van Jefferson and – Yeah, uh, Van Jefferson on offense, Jordan Fuller on defense, I'd say it would be the obvious ones. But, you know, I guess going deeper than Xavier Jones, who's not a starter. Um, but um, Taylor Rapp, uh, I'm, I'm right there, kind of with the rest of the group where um, uh, mixed uh, because he's, uh, he's, you know, he's shown some weaknesses and he's, he's costed us, I guess, against the 49ers, right? So that, that hurts a little deeper. Um, yeah. But um, but he's got potential. He's young yet, so I wouldn't count him out. I think um, that uh, he's he's shown that he can be a strong tackler when he's in the right position, um, and uh, young as far as still learning schemes, uh, NFL schemes, both uh, on our, on the offensive side. Um, learning other offenses, uh, and then learning, you know, the defensive scheme that he's in. So um, I think that that goes to say for a lot of rookies where, you know, physical development is one thing. But I think, you know, uh, for guys like Taylor Rapp, uh, I think, you know, we will wait and see if he keeps a starting job long enough to to learn the game and we get to see a next level out of him. So not counting him out uh, if he ends up being, you know, the starter like he looks to be this year. Uh, then, like you say, you know, we'll be rooting for him.
1: Yeah, we're rooting for him, and and I also think that uh, Sean McVay has some good depth there. Uh, if if they do end up having to make a change for any reason, you know, having drafted Terrell Burgess, having you know Nick Scott there, maybe advancing his play, you know, it's not as though you know it's it's a very interesting uh, consideration to think about whether how how often a player you know, can they improve over the course of several years? Of course, Uh, to what degree, you know, and then there's also, I think it's very true that great players are often just great and Mm -hmm. they always just play great. And, you know, has Taylor Rapp played great in his opportunities so far uh, as a whole, you know, not quite because obviously the Rams have uh, not exactly shown a huge vote of confidence in him with their draft picks and, and their moves. So, uh, but they do have confidence in, in him right now. And I do root for him. And I do think uh, he's the type of guy that uh, you do want to root for. So uh, it's interesting to see him again. This is another guy. It's interesting to see him out there, not playing in a preseason game. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I, I don't really anticipate Sean McVay risking any of his players in the preseason. Uh, did, do you feel that is the the way to go because not every coach you know, obviously goes this way. You know, Tom Brady was out there for a minute and uh, Patrick Mahomes was out there for a minute. Uh, Does it make you feel any type of way to not see starters in the preseason? I think uh, every team is different.
0: And so, um, you know, I think take a take a team like uh, Detroit, who, um, you know, well, I guess we're both in the same boat where we got the, the, the new quarterback. But I think it's I think it's team specific. Um, and, uh, you know, McVeigh, you could say was the one to start this trend. Um, and if you had to take the the general, mm-hmm. picture, you know, he's winning for the most part. Um, But uh, upsides and downsides, Uh, I think, you know, to have a player get injured in the preseason uh, is is one of the worst things that can happen. Um, So I think to avoid that at all costs is um, I'm with that strategy. But definitely there's a downside to having, um, you know, having no live action until until go time. But I I think in the end, team specific as far as what players you're dealing with um, and where they're at in their careers.
1: Yeah. And, uh, well, uh, we're about to get out of here before I go, you know, it makes me think of another thought that I had and I'll run it by you Blaine. And you can uh, tell me whether or not you think that this is a, a pause, a plausible theory or not. Mm-hmm. My theory, uh, because you're right. Sean McVay did start a trend and a lot of coaches are playing their uh, starters a lot less, barely any in the preseason. Uh, I think a lot of people want to follow the cool, young, hip guy. And he did bring in cool, hip ideas uh, to the NFL by being the youngest coach in the uh, history and whatnot. Um, And clearly his success has permeated throughout the rest of the league in terms of people that they hire. Um, So uh, that's been very interesting to watch. But, you know, one of the things that I, I do, I'm curious about is whether or not there will be an increase a dramatic one, or maybe just a minor one in injuries, uh, around the NFL this year, because to me, whether you, you know, get injured, you know, take a, get a serious injury or, or any amount of injury in the preseason, you're, you know, it's like, you're going to get injured at some point, you know, like, uh, I don't know if that taking off that 30 or 35 snaps um, or maybe 50 or 60 snaps from the preseason uh, is necessarily uh, going to be the difference. And then obviously there's 17 games now, so you're going to have uh, more injuries. And I know also like uh, just in terms of total number of games, but I just feel like it's possible that if you're trying so hard to avoid injury, it's like, you can't really avoid injury. Like if there's going to be, a, a week it's, it's going to happen in preseason game three it could just as easily happen in week one you know it's like it, it to me it, there is this potential i think that's also why the joint practices are considered to be so important because now this was never a thing right it feels like it just happened i mean obviously it's been a thing for a very long time to have joint practices but it feels like much more these joint practices are becoming important because They're saying like not to get uh, injured play in the preseason, but it's like, I don't know. I just feel like you got to get hit around. You're going to get injured. Uh, Any thoughts that maybe there would be an increase in injuries?
0: Well, I get your sentiment, uh, but I think um, uh, definitely, like I said, it's not a a 100% um, strategy to, you know, to withhold our key players from, from the action in preseason because the downside is for sure. Yeah, I think you risk injury having to ramp up, you know, to another gear. Uh, when when the game is on the line uh, without, you know, call it a gradual increase uh, by reps or by just, you know, the amount of, you know, effort you're putting forth or whatever it is. Um, so for sure, I think that without that gradual uh, progression, uh, you know, there might be an increased risk of injury, but, um, but it's, a, it's a balance to play, I think, for sure. And then it might be a matter of timing where even if you're, you have a player that would get hurt in the third game, whether it's the third preseason or the third regular season game, you know, maybe you're getting that, that action or, or that production out of that player for the first two games
1: yeah. before that
0: thing occurs on their third game uh, that they're in. Yeah. So, you know, hard to, hard to call.
1: Yeah. 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 You're right about that. I, you know, I just, and I don't even know, as I was recounting that thought out loud, I was like, I don't know if this is a good point, or not. but I'm going to finish it because you got to stay committed. Uh, well, that's it for uh, this week. The you know we didn't talk much about like Rams Raiders because uh, at least in terms of the uh, first preseason game because I don't know if that really matters. Uh, Blaine, did anything as we get out of here? Did anything there at the first SoFi Stadium game because you were in attendance? Did anything stand out to you as an attendee, uh, both good or bad?
0: Yeah, I mean the place is amazing. I mean, so I'll just I'll just say that that number one, you know, it's uh, uh we I, I love the Coliseum. It was a special experience, but coming from the Coliseum. Uh, this place is, is a whole different experience. Um, and I'll, I'll even say that uh, it, we, you know, we ain't seen nothing yet. So uh, for all the fans that were in attendance in the preseason game, it was a new level, uh, but I don't think it's, it's anything like what we'll see on September 12th. There was a bit of that reserve, call it for whatever reason, it's preseason, um, uh, just general conditions of, our, of what's happening. Uh but um yeah, I think that it was amazing. But uh when we're when that stadium's at full force on September twelfth, I think that's gonna be a whole nother level also.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean uh Sunday night football, the Bears, mm-hmm. uh, but uh also yeah, just having a regular season game with all of the stars and the starters. You know, uh, this preseason is just a reminder of how special those guys are, uh, mm-hmm. the guys who are starting in week one. So that's it for this episode of Pod TST uh, Blaine. Uh, you are you know him from the uh, Random Random daily links every morning. Blaine, is there anything else uh, that you would like to say for in
0: terms of whether or not you do social media and whether they can find you there? Um, yeah, mainly, uh, just started on the Twitter. So, you, so I'm on there, uh, at Blaine Didasco, but otherwise, uh, just keep following the TST. We'll, we'll, will keep doing it every day and, and get ready for a great season. And, uh, I'm Kenneth Arthur
1: and, uh, I don't, uh, have any social media there, but, uh, if you like this podcast, please do subscribe and, uh, it'll be around, every week including an instant reaction show that happens right after the game uh where i or uh me and a guest will recount what just happened in the game uh between the rams and whoever they played that week so subscribe to PodTST uh, pod tst to get it directly after the game and you don't even have to come find it that's it for this episode of pod tst come back next time which is saturday night after the game against the las vegas raiders uh for the next episode of pod tst